<laughs> Once again, there we go. All right, now where were we? We were talking about Keith Lee, Dominic, and where we see them going. And um, I, you know, I, I like I was saying, I can see Dominic, you know, possibly branching off, finding that tag partner, making a run for the tag belts. Um, I mean, honestly, at his size, I would be interested to see how he fit in on the Raw or SmackDown side. I mean, not that I, I'll say this. I hate to see anybody leave NXT in the comforts of NXT and where they're protected. But I think Dominic has a look and the size and the ability to where he may be able to register with the fans on the bigger level. I don't know. I may be off on that. I I could see him maybe on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I don't see him as a, as a raw talent, but, um, you know, I, I look at it like um, – trying to like I, I worry that he would get just kind of buried in the cards uh, like, so like, many. like so so many and mm-hmm. so you know unless he was going to obliterate a bunch of the guys who have been buried and make a name for himself and then get bumped up a little further I don't know I, I like there's nobody jumping off of a roster that says that's the guy I want to see him wrestle you're right you're right I- yeah. So where, where, well, where do you see it? You know, Keith Lee and Dominic going from here. I mean, like, uh, Keith Lee. Now, Keith Lee, I could see on SmackDown, no problem. Yeah. See him in a couple years, possibly getting to Raw. Um, I don't think he would necessarily come over straight to Raw. It would be a great pop, but yeah, uh, he, he's got a tremendous charisma about him that registers with the fans. That is, I, I, I mean, I, you know. When you have the, as they say, the it factor, nobody can train it. Nobody teaches it. You just have it. And he can't, when that crowd, the minute his music hits and they're a bask in his glory, I mean, the whole nine, I can actually picture in my head 70,000 WrestleMania large, oh, bask in his glory, you know, and doing the whole, I can see that. You know what I mean? So, um, I agree with you about about Keith Lee, kind of where his his star is kind of you know still to be defined on where he his potential, you know, and and, and and you know what, certain guys may be meant to just be in NXT. Absolutely, you know, I'm glad you said. I, met, I had that thought going through my mind. Um, you know, when we were doing our preview special, we talked about uh, Champa and mm-hmm. how he was turning down offers to come up. So. You know, it's one of those things. Like, um, like uh, for example, um, I mean, what heavy machinery? They were they were pretty over. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Ascension, they were over. AOP. AOP. I mean, like all these teams, like very. Uh, there is a there is a level that some of these guys really and girls uh, really, really just flourish at. Yep. They get a little too far out of their weight class, and then they've kind of flounder. So I would just say, um, you know, as long as, like, with the Ascension, I know they got dropped recently. Um, yeah. So do you, do you ever see them getting a chance to go back to NXT, or are they just going to do indie circuits and um, I, I, make I mean, I, 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 I think with the Ascension, unfortunately – because of their look, because it came in with the makeup, because they were wearing red and black, fans, not WWE, wrestling fans, 
automatically said, oh, Road Warrior knockoffs, Road Warrior wannabes, Road Warrior that... There's only one Road Warriors. There's only one LOD. Oh, That's absolutely. It. And there will never be a comparison. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how jacked you are. I don't care. They are once in a lifetime. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I think, but with Ascension, I don't think that if they're to come back to NXT, they need to repackage them, maybe even put them over in NXT Europe and, and, and see to where... I, not that fans don't pay attention to NXT Europe, but I don't think that American fans watch that as much as they do regular NXT. Um, There's too much programming on right now. Wait, there you go. That's what else I was going to... I mean, you know, right now, as a kid, I would have loved to have had this many hours of wrestling. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, then again... It probably would have drove me nuts too because there's too much. I mean, like you said, you you is almost oversaturation at this point. And um, you know, when we were kids, heck, we probably didn't even have VCRs until we were teenagers. Right. So yeah. How much of it would we actually been able to see? There you go. I mean, and, and you know, that's that's one thing that I get into when, when, when people talk NXT and AEW and ratings and this, that, and the other thing is it's like, okay, um, you know, how much, you know, can you take stock in, in ratings when I can go and watch NXT on the network Friday, Saturday, Sunday, any day of the week, other than Wednesday, I can DVR AEW and watch that any day of the week. So I don't know that there's so much driven by ratings as they once were. Like when the Monday Night Wars are even going on. Well, I'll say I believe there is a way that they measure whether it's DVRs or views. It doesn't have to necessarily be um, when it's live or premiering. So right. okay. I, think, I think there is a way they capture that data and qualify it. But anyway, let's not get let's not get too far into the weeds no, 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 here. No, 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 Okay, go uh -huh. ahead. You take the next match. What do we got? Well, so so after the first match, we were actually tied one and zero. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We both, we both guessed Keith Lee would win, and we were both correct. All right, so we've got Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai. Mm. All right, it was a street fight. It was great. Yeah. Um, really, really good, innovative, or interesting combat in the match. Uh, it, was, it was anything but a uh, plain Jane, really uh, predictable match. Right, I, yeah. I really thought... Um, I mean, I, I loved the match. Absolutely I, loved it. The only thing I didn't like was the outcome. I, and, I mean... <laughs> uh, Tegan, they, Tegan lost. And yeah. Dakota won. So what did you um, think about it? Oh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, you had two girls that were, that were in there that were able to tell a story in the confines of a street fight, which is not something you normally see the female wrestlers taking a part of, the women wrestling. Um... I like to see them breaking out and, 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 and they were, you know, they, they incorporated the street fight style. Um, now granted, personally, I, I made the comment to the guys that were here watching it with me. I would have loved to have seen them come in there in traditional street fight gear and have your jeans and your cowboy boots and a t-shirt and cape fist and ready to rock. I know that they were women, but still. Well, you know Dakota I mean? had on jean shorts. Well, she had on jean shorts. I'm talking like, I'm I'm, th I'm throwing back to like Dusty Rhodes here in a bunkhouse match look. You know, you got your leather belt on and <laughs> that, that kind of, you know. But, no, 
Hey, trust me, I noticed that Dakota in her jean shorts. <laughs> so, overall, the two of them, they told an amazing story. They got the job done. So, um, I was impressed. I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know why they went with the finish that they did. I I, uh, I know that I, I, I got that one right. But I really thought that they were going to go with Dakota Kai getting the win. Um, because, they, you know, I'll go with what you had said on, you know, on our previous match. Where do they go from here when you just had your baby face lose? Well, you know what, Jeff? I'm going to hold up a little note here so that everybody okay. in the land can see this. Oh, hashtag Portland screw job. Whoa. And you want to know what I mean when I say scandal? What's that? All right, Jeff, I'm on to you. Here's the deal. I have, under good authority, that Jeff the ref paid Raquel Gonzalez to interfere in this match just so he would not get it wrong. Well, now, 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 now. Hang on, hang on. Just because people may or may not have seen me on camera at the, the Western Union making a, a small payment of money that happened to be trans. And just because it said Portland, Oregon, doesn't mean anything. I'm telling you, ref, I'm on to you. Yeah. And I'm not going to let this go. I'm hey. watching yeah. you. Uh, you. You keep your eyes on. I, I'm just saying. That's just rumor. There's I'm nothing. just saying. When I am able to prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are going down. Oh, you're going to break the scandal wide open then. <laughs> now. All right. So I'm just going to say. You know, Raquel Gonzalez, let's see what yeah. happens. Um, I did not see that coming, man. That was out of the blue. She hadn't even been talked about coming in. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, that, that adds another another level to the story. I mean, yeah. like, uh, which is good because now you can continue on with these two. And, yeah, I mean, the the, the one thing that always works for a babyface versus a heel and, and, and when they're feuding is when that baby face can finally get that monster comeback of, you know, even if they've been beat down and beat down and beat, <laughs> beat down and beat down and beat down, kind of like you will be over by the end of this year after all the wrestling is said and done. Um, you know, that, that, but, you know, once you've been beat, you know, the fans want to see you finally get that win. I mean, I'll, I'll flash back really quick to ECW, Tommy Dreamer, Raven. Tommy Dreamer only got one win, and that was when Raven was on his way out. Other than that, he lost every match to Raven, and it worked. So, yeah. I mean, I think that, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens and where they go from here. Um, but th those two, they went in, they tore it down, and, you know, they followed the, the men's match, which was hard, hard to follow, and they went in and they followed it up, and they delivered yeah. like they should have. Credit so. to them. It was a great match. Um, you know, you got it right. I got it wrong. Uh, I was one and one. You're two and oh. Yada, yada. Let's move on. All right. Great match. You you talk about this one. We got Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and, and the, I mean, and a lot of fans' opinions, and my, mine included, maybe match of the night. I mean, they started out slow. And which was good for storytelling purposes, 
But once they built up and they got cooking, man, oh, man, did they take it. I, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, just blown away. You know, I was making notes during the event. And yeah. my notes for this were, it went just as planned. Finn stomped a mud hole in Johnny Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So um, I loved it. It was a great match. No real shock, but it was it was uh, well executed. I, and, 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 you know, Finn being down there helps, does nothing. But um, all he does, even though Johnny Wrestling lost, it elevates still Johnny Wrestling at the same time because of where oh, Finn yeah. has been. And Finn facing everybody's face, and you're giving fans those matches that they wanted to see after Finn left. Now you're able to get them. And um, again, like we had said, you know, when we were previewing the takeover, Finn down there at NXT is where he belongs. You know, he was kind of treading water up there on the main roster, and now he's back home, so to say. And and he shined. That match, he just shined. So, um I could see conceivably, I could see an NXT takeover WrestleMania him and Keith Lee. Wow, that'd be a heck of a match. It would. It would be a great match. I could see it happening. Um, I'm at just something you know, food for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, why don't we go to the next one? Now, oh, at this point, by the way, everyone, I'm three and zero. Oh. Thank you. Three and zero. Oh. Two and oh. one. I was two and one at that point and still feeling really good. Um, mainly because I, I felt like I had a, a really interesting take on this next match. There you go. And go ahead. So it was uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. And oh, yeah. Another, I mean, we're going to say this a hundred times today, but every match was really good. Yes. So this one definitely did not disappoint the only thing that disappointed me was charlotte flair was two minutes too late she was supposed to come before the you know i mean why wait until the match is over let's go ahead and get her in there cause a dq and then my girl bianca belair would win setting up something magical that that could have been and i would have honestly Truth be told, I would have actually liked to have seen that happen. I would have liked to have seen the three-way at WrestleMania set up for it because Bianca Belair has really come into, into her own. And I did not know this, something something that I found rather interesting, and it, it is true. Her hair is all natural. There is no weave. There is no gimmick. There is nothing. That is all her. And, it, and she said... Oh, my hair is natural, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, think, I think you're using uh, performance enhancing drugs on your I hair. I am to get this to get this head of hair. I got to be using something, right? <laughs> so it's not natural. I'll say that. I, either that or blessed with good genes. <laughs> so who's to um, say? But uh, the the, the um, but Bianca Belair, you know, she is just from where she was even two years ago. Of this girl who was just coming in and really, in my opinion, had no direction. I mean, just like, here she is. <laughs> and now she's really kind of figuring out who she is as a character, as a wrestler, as a performer. And um, I don't know if they, you know, I would have liked to have seen the three-way. I actually, honestly, I could see her getting the call up. And I'm only saying this. I will say this. 
you know, a little bit of inside information, if you want to call it that. Uh, her husband, well, well, her husband is Aaron Raw. And they normally don't try. Her husband's part of Street Profits. So. Oh, you know, I was, um, <laughs> that's funny you brought that up. Okay. Uh, so, they honestly, generally speaking, WWE these days do not try to split couples up like that. They try to keep them together. And um, just so that they, you know. They're realizing, holy crap, if we actually let them spend time together, they stay married. Ta-da! <laughs> Amazing how that happens. Do better work. Yeah. And, and, and even funnier is, like, I, mean, I know this is a total sidebar, but back in the day, they used to discourage fraternizing amongst employees, amongst oh, yeah. the male and female talent. Now it's not that they don't encourage it, but they don't discourage it either. You know, like it's like... Yeah. And, and, you know, it's who's going to understand your lifestyle better than somebody else that's living it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but um, I think that being said, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, WrestleMania. Man, I'm looking for that. I'm looking forward to WrestleMania night. I really, really am. But, but, but is Still a possibility that it becomes a three-way match. There, you know, and, and again, um, you know, we'll get into that here in, in just a few minutes after we're done going over all the matches about what, what you know, fallout and where it may be going into tonight. But um, you got a very good point there. It could be a three-way. And I mean, Charlotte was not kind to uh, Bianca. No, and she so had been. Bianca is probably going to be looking for some sort of revenge. Well, if anything, I mean, honestly, you know, Charlotte kind of made light of Bianca. Like, you get in your lane. This is the big girls. You need to, you know, step back. You know, like, and I think Bianca now has something to kind of prove. You got the storyline there of, hold up, who are you to guess, you know, second guess me? You know, let me, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show you what I'm capable of. You want to call yourself the queen? Well, I'm the queen of NXT. You know, and that, Love so it. many ways that they can go. So... And we're going to go into the next one. This is one okay. I was looking for. You're not you're not going to mention that you were 4-0 at this point? Well, I think it's a foregone conclusion, isn't it? I mean, like, I, at this point, I think I, I, I think that, you know, you had a, a handkerchief up your eyes. You may have been crying a little bit, wiping your tears, realizing you were losing. I never give up. Uh, so, I mean, hey. Like John Cena says, never give up. Hustle, loyalty, respect. I hear you, Mike. Please. So, <laughs> anyway, let's get into our next one here. We got, this is what I was looking forward to for the Tag Team Championship. The Broserweights in the Undisputed Era. Yeah. Undisputed Era, I mean, former ROH uh, World Tag Team Champions, known as Red Dragon, three times there. They've been two-time NXT uh, Tag Champions. They are seemingly flawless in it, you know, with their tag work. I mean, they are just amazing. And Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, opposites that yet make a good team i mean like i i, I can't <laughs> like i said like i said the other day if there was a team that i would if you asked me who i would like to hang out with it would be the bros or weights yeah They'd be a blast yeah who i thought would be the better uh the better team yep i i 
firmly believed it was the Undisputed Era, but apparently it was the Undisputed Error. I was wrong. Um, you know, the, the, give, give the Broserweights their due. Um, they did a great job. And there was a couple times, there was a couple times I really thought that uh, Undisputed Era had it. Um, but, uh, you know, I will, I will say this. Uh, Jeff, the ref, you know, you're all about teaching and passing on the knowledge from one generation to the next. So it's not forgotten. So I'm just wondering, um, what year did the ref of this match graduate from the Jeff, the ref school of refereeing? Because I got to be honest with you. There were some blatant rules just being absolutely tossed into the crowd because all right, there was, a, there was a section of the match where all four wrestlers were in the ring, okay? Question, who is the legal, who are the legal men, and how long can the competitors be in the ring? Technically, you're supposed to have five seconds. Yeah, that, well, that used let to me be tell you this much. At Jeff the Ref School of <laughs> Refereeing, there's little to no concern for that rule, apparently, because the ref... Literally, I, I would guess that those guys were in the in the ring together for about 20 seconds. Oh, yeah, at least. What's happening? The broser weights are double teaming. No effort whatsoever to get one of them out of the ring. So you know what, Jeff? It makes me sick. I am I am going to start my own referee school and I'm gonna teach people the right way to be a ref. Uh, you know, just because when you're counting to five and you go one. Two. I don't even think that ref could count to five. That was a problem. <laughs> I, I, no, I get your point. That's actually a level of frustration with the um, with a lot of the tag matches these days. Or they, I mean, it's almost like the referee doesn't have that control that they once no. did. And that is something I think that is missing. That if they were to actually incorporate the referee like they should as a referee and knowing what they should be, should do is that, you know, if you're a good heel, you're going to use that, you know, hey ref, 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 go get him back, get him back. And then you, you know, get in there, you, you know, get in the double team tactics. And yeah. then, you know, when the baby face could actually turn around and reverse it, that's what pops the crowd. You know, they're like, ah, oh, look at that. The, the heels are finally getting their comeuppance now. You yeah. know, I mean, I know, I'm sure you can remember this back in the day. You know, you'd have the Rock and Roll Express in there oh. with uh, maybe the Midnights. And yeah. you would have, you know, the referee would, would have their, you know, they would be, you know, Ricky would go, hey, ref, go go talk to Stan or Jimmy Cornette. And then they'd fake the tag and then slide in. The crowd <laughs> would be laughing and loving it. And it worked. That's using the referee to your advantage. Absolutely. And, and, and I think... I agree. I think that is something that is greatly missing in, in tag wrestling and even to a point on the singles level, but really in the tag matches and six minutes. The more more you add to it, the less you take the referee out of it, and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, well, any graduates of the Mike Kelleher School of Refereeing Are will be uh, more than capable of asserting themselves in any match. And they so, will learn how to count the three, and they will learn <laughs> the proper rule. All right. So at this point, do you have anything else to say about this match? Nope. 
I, I mean, I, I, I'm glad to see, for me personally, I'm a fan of Matt Riddles. I was glad to see him finally get his you know, first championship win there at NXT. I see nothing but great things for him. I mean, he's he's still young. Uh, and, but, again, he has that it factor. He's got that charisma. And I will say this. He is somebody who I can see resonating on the, the bigger level. Because um, when they brought him in, when they brought – when uh, back in December when the NXT crew had to come and bail their SmackDown crew out because their plane had gotten delayed over in Europe or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Matt Riddle happened to be one of the guys that they brought in. That crowd erupted into the bro, bro, bro. I mean, so... Wasn't that the uh, Crown Jewel or one of those events in the Middle East where they were, um, like, um, there was a an issue with the plane because of the government. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was a the crown jewel uh, pay-per-view. Yep. Yeah. It was the last one that they had. You were correct on that. Yep. Thank you. So, At least you acknowledge that I did something right. Oh, well, every now and then again, every blind squirrel finds a nut. Uh, <laughs> what. Um, at this point you are, I don't know, and I am two and three. Okay. So uh, what was I at this point? What was I? Oh, oh, oh sorry. We have a bad signal. My bad. Okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last match of the night, Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa. I went against the conventional wisdom. I went against the grain. I went against what everybody here in my, my house that was over here watching. I went against you and I went with Adam Cole I didn't see it as Chompa's time. I know a lot of people thought he was coming back and this was it. Not so. Not going to happen. Apparently, apparently you were right. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a great match. A hell of a match. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was more than one occasion where I thought Champa had won. Same here. By the way, uh, you know, you... Um, you obviously getting some insider info because I know you have contacts in the, in the industry that, that you reach out to, or they share stuff with you and then right. uh, other sources. How much, how much of a, uh, of a, I mean, like I just, Champa's head was bright red and he, the veins and everything, was any of that absolutely real or was it just like, no, that's all real. That's all, that's him when he gets to wrestling. I mean, he, he, he normally, when he gets into that, like into a match that he's really going on, his face it does. The veins start popping. The face is. Re- I, I seriously, I mean, you'd almost look at him and go, "Do you have a heart issue or blood pressure issues or, you know, to be?" But he didn't really. He it's as far as we know, he didn't really hurt himself again. No, 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 no. Nothing has that, been reported. The uh, bump he took on the table, yeah. I was really worried. And then there was another bump or two. Um, can't remember what I think he took a spine, not a spine buster, but a um, um, anyway, what I can't remember what it was, but he, he took a couple of bumps that were right on his neck and he was selling it really well. He, he, you know, that he he does a great job at selling the, his neck and his, I mean, his, his neck, his knees, every he's been, I mean, you talk about like almost a cyborg, it would be him because he has been put back together numerous times like big injuries that he's come back from both of his knees to my knowledge his neck has had to be repaired and 
yet he still goes like he ain't missed a beat. Oh, it's so, um, it, 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 it's, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it, you know, as far as like the level he's able to compete at with the injuries that he suffered and still able to come back and go at what you were going at before at the same level, if not even better. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 you know, I did not see the, I, I personally did not see the finish coming, but as soon as I saw Johnny wrestling coming down there, I was like me being a natural heel and having, and, and, and tending to cheer on the heels. Like I like to do. I was like, please, Lord, just let him turn on him. Just let him just, like, hammer him and bring it down and make him lose. I was like, that would be the ultimate comeuppance, you know? Like, so, and sure enough, here he is. Now, granted, when he grabbed that belt, I would have loved to have seen him, like, really blast him hard. But, you know, because it kind of looked like he just kind of, you know, like, yeah. And, like, I don't know. But it still got the point across and led to Adam Cole getting the victory. Yeah, and you know, and it adds again new new storyline twist, new uh, element. I mean, what better way to screw over your supposed best friend than to screw him out of the world title? Yeah, and and the deal was prior to it, you know, people who know NXT history. Chomp and him had already had, you know, their series of matches. They had already had problems in the past, been tag partners. It was Ciampa who originally had turned on Gargano a couple of years ago that led to him getting the NXT title. We don't want to dwell on the past. So why not? Hey, you turned on me to get it. Now it's my turn to get it back on you, buddy. You want that world title? I do too. I was a former champ. Where was my rematch? I mean, there's so many ways that he, where he can go with this. So, it, by the end of the night, I'm 6-0, of course. You know, anyway. That being said, I thought, and I want to know what you think. I think NXT TakeOver being a standalone pay-per-view without uh, SummerSlam or WrestleMania or anything on a Sunday. They were their only sole Sunday pay-per-view. One on a Saturday like normal. I thought they held their own. They proved what they were made of and they went out there and they showed we can do this and have a Sunday pay-per-view and we don't need Raw or SmackDown or the, uh, combine them to carry us. I, You know, I figured out what Vince is trying to do. What's that? He is trying to take over one day of the week every month. And he's going to call it WWE Day. It's not going to be Sunday anymore. <laughs> it's going to be WWE Day. There you go. <laughs> but, Jeff, before we before we get out of here on the, on the, the takeover, um, yeah. I just want to say this. Um, actually, I had a couple of questions for you. You kind go of ahead. One of them, which was, what does it mean for Gargano? Which, which great answer there. But will Champa get a rematch? Is the question. I, I I think so. I I could actually see possible three way dance um, with Gargano, Champa, and Adam Cole. And at that point is when you're going to either give Gargano or Champa the belt. Um. But I definitely see Champa getting it or having to earn his rematch by going through Gargano. Okay. Um, 
you know, there, there's a lot of directions where they can go with that. But, I, no, I don't think that Champ is out of the title picture at all. I think that he, he's a main eventer. He's a main, main event player, and he's going to be there for, I mean, until he decides that he doesn't want, want that or, you know, until they, they cool off on him. But the fans, well, he's over with the fans, and that's, I mean, one thing that it that helps, you know, is when you can get over on that level. So, All right, so – uh, last question about this, um, you know, being a referee yourself, Jeff, why are refs so soft? I mean, <laughs> you look at them the wrong way and they're knocked out cold. <laughs> um, you know, a match of this caliber, I firmly believe needed a guest referee, somebody who could stand in there and, and if, if, a, if a sneeze came through, wouldn't be uh, down for the count. Well, I, I mean, you, you know, the fact is, is you know, as referees, we, we don't get in there. We don't train like the wrestlers do. We're not in the gym every we're not in the gym every day of the week. You know, we, we don't have the muscle mass that they got. And, you know, we're not meant to take, you know, 300 pounds getting heaved at us in a corner. I mean, it, it's just not meant to happen. You know, you, you, you I mean, when you're. From 300 pounds versus 180, what are the odds that you're going to get be able to get up from that? Hey, I'll just say this. If if you're in the ring, you should be prepared like everybody else in the ring. I and hear At the Mike Kelleher School of Refereeing, all of my guys spend three days a week in the gym doing weights, cardio, just so they can do their job to the best of their ability. So – I'm just telling you right now, if these refs do not clean up their act, they're going to be jobless really soon because my guys are coming for them. There you go. I hear you. Now, ref match. Has there ever been such a thing? No. I, well, actually, uh, you say that, and I was going to say I didn't think so, but I believe <sighs> – Years ago, and when I say years, I'm talking like in the 90s at some point. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was like Earl Hebner took on one of the other referees in like a five-minute WrestleMania goof-off. It was... uh, Who was that guy that that was, um, for a short period of time, he was was involved with Vicky Guerrero, and he was kind of a flunky for her, and um, he was a ref for just a short period of time. Um, I think he was a wrestler that, for some reason or another, got kind of pulled into refereeing. Um, oh crap! You know who I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, he didn't last long. He was only there for a hot, a quick cup of coffee. And I, I honestly, I don't remember his name. Honestly, seriously, I, but I know I know that what who you're talking about. I felt like he might have had a match, um, as a ref or like fought another referee, whether it was a match or not. That may, that may be too, yeah. So let's get into where do you see like the fallout? Where do you see, you know, from takeover tonight? We got a NXT tonight coming yeah. up here on Wednesday. What do you see happening? I mean, where do you see things progressing from here? Like uh, with Keith Lee and, and, and who? I mean, not even like a preview of tonight's show, but like where do you see different, you know? Yeah, I don't like, as you know, just as a disclaimer for everybody, like I don't read previews, I don't yeah. read anything. So um, I just experience it live with everybody else. 
Um, I think for Keith Lee, I don't think his next opponent is going to be somebody we know or are expecting. I think, Interesting. I think it'll be somebody who, um, you know, because like how boring would that be for somebody to just pop out of the, the locker room and be like, my, well, my feud with so-and-so is done. Your feud is done. Let's just now I want you. Yeah, I got you on that. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody that he had screwed over or um, maybe had disappeared for a while? No, because Keith Lee's only been there about a year, if that. And um, or, or are there any? Um, have you in your network of wrestling insider knowledge uh, or through your crystal ball? Um, have you heard of any new signings or new acquisitions that might? They they did just sign a couple of new guys last week, but I don't think that they're going to bring them in. Actually, who I do see as a possibility for for challenging Keith Lee is Punishment Martinez, or Mar- um, I I uh, or that's what he went by. Uh, or I think it's anyway. Martinez is his last name. I could see him. I really do. I could see him making a challenge for Keith Lee um, only because they've been kind of, you know, he's been getting a small push and, you know, they he, he's definitely, I mean, he's somebody who I, I see a lot of, you know, I, I see a lot of things coming out of it in the future. Um, I think we're going to see Velveteen Dream making mm-hmm. his return, which we saw him make his return last week. But it's going to be interesting to see him and Roderick Strong going at it. And this is actually going to be full-on Velveteen Dream as a babyface for the first time. And that has not been seen in NXT yet. Now, that guy, he's another one that has that charisma, man. And Oh, yeah. I mean, he, I, you know, to define who he is, you can't. Like, he's a mix between Rick Rude with Jimi Hendrix with Prince. And, like, well... You know, here here's my thing. I watched NXT last week. Yep. My initial thought was, why are the people that are on NXT TakeOver not all wrestling on the, the episode last week? They should have been doing something. But seeing Velveteen Dream was really cool. Yeah. Now, the thing about him is you call him a face, but here he is. He's got... Um, uh, who, who's, whose family did he have airbrushed Rod, on? He had Roderick Strong. He had Roderick Strong, yeah. Wife and, and daughter. That doesn't seem like a face move to me at all. Uh, no, but when, when he is skirting that line of but, heel and face. No, no, you're right. Traditional, he should have been a heel. In today's wrestling community, he's a face. Yeah. I it's mean, like, um, it's kind of well, like, I was, uh, Rick Rude, back in the day, when he did it with Jake Roberts, back in 1988, he put Jake's uh, wife's picture on his crotch. I mean, he yeah, he had... He, I remember that. He had he had her face, you know, he did the whole uh, airbrush tight deal, oh, and he yeah. had her face, and then on the back of it, he said, you know, it had her name or whatever. I mean, like, straight up. Straight I don't up moves. remember that. I remember them fighting, but I, I didn't know. Either I didn't know who it was, or I just don't remember seeing it. 
Yeah, what I mean, even what led to all that was Rick Rude was doing his whole kissing the female in the audience gimmick, yeah. and then they would then they would pass out, yeah. and you know he calls her up there, and she was like, no, and then she smacked him, and then Jake comes out there, and it went anyway. Um, but that's I mean that that's what made me say you know, and, and then the other team Dream even does the whole hip swivel like yeah. Rick Rude used to do. I mean, but to be as what should be, like you said, a traditional heel. The fans love them. And you look at other people, like more recently, Stone Cold. There like, you go. He did a lot of, he, Kurt Angle did a lot of heelish things, but people loved him. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter. The Rock it, did it. I they, mean, it, you know, it, it came to the point where your traditional heels, like that, that line, got redefined. I mean, heels became cool. Yeah. NWO were were NWO were technically heels, but they were your cool guy heel, you know? Mm. Technically, I mean they kind of were I mean you I, had, was never, I was never a fan of NWO. Near near was I, but you had Scott Hall coming out there with Kevin Nash doing the Tupac bandana knot and and hey, West Coast. You know. All of it. You know the whole gimmick <laughs> You know, they, they were... How about DX? Should have been heels, but they got cheered. Yeah. I mean, so... You All know, right. it, but uh, anyway, so, you know, that I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think, do, do you think we'll see Charlotte Flair tonight? Do you think that she comes out on Rio, or do you think that... Uh, um, no, I don't think we'll see her. Um, okay. What I do think could happen is... Um, I think it's going to be the other way. I think somebody is going to come from NXT to get Charlotte. Ah. So, um, they, I don't know. Let's see. Monday night, they didn't really do anything with no, it. No, they didn't touch on they it. showed no, a little bit, but that was it. Um, so, maybe, maybe next, I mean, who knows? Um, I hope they don't let that storyline fizzle too much. Like, they got to keep it hot. Right. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I will say we will wrap up that end of uh, NXT unless there's something else you want to add to uh, any of this to, uh, discussion. You know, I, I would watch NXT sporadically. Mm. You know, I, I have um, uh, commitments with work oh, yeah. thing that just keep me running. I will say this. I thoroughly enjoy, and this was during NBA All-Star Weekend, uh, which is a big competition in the sports yep. world. So I thought NXT TakeOver was absolutely worth watching. And um, this was a lot of fun. I'm going to give you your props again as, as Jeff, the undefeated. Just remember, Jeff. Yeah. When you're undefeated, there's nowhere to go but down. Oh, so true, so true. Now, um, hey, oh, by the way, Jeff, one other thing. Um you know, uh, don't fly too close to the sun, because because you might uh, you might come back to Earth. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, okay, all right. Well, we right. we will see. I will continue on my winning streak, and the fans will continue to see it. I think uh, I don't know if we're going to do a, a preview or not, uh, or a prediction on uh, unless you want to uh, of the um, Saudi show, the Super Showdown. No. I really don't care for those. I don't watch them. Um, 
and it's just to me, it has nothing to do. I, I ain't looking at the political aspect. I ain't even trying to go down that rabbit hole. I just don't watch them because it's not a tr traditional pay per view to me. It's not one of their normal ones. It's not, you know, I, I don't know. These anyway. events are fantasy. I mean, in yeah. the world of fantasy. Okay. They put matches together. Like, uh, isn't Goldberg going against. Um, right. The yeah, Bray Wyatt. So, yep. like, Bray, nobody's heard from Goldberg in years, really. Or well, I, the last time he was, the last time he wrestled really was against, was over there in Saudi against The Undertaker. The match was the shits. And if anything, he's kind of got to prove something. You know what I mean? Like, that he can. You don't want to go out looking like he did. You really don't. I mean, yeah. that that's, that, you know, but you're right. The Saudi, the whole Saudi pay-per-view is basically the Saudi prince books his own show. Yeah. He calls Vince up and he goes, this is the matches I want. This guy is so out of touch with it, where WWE is. He requested the ultimate warrior who's been dead for years. Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. Ha! <laughs> Oh, that that is insane. So, you got a man who's just got millions of dollars to play with. Yeah. And, I mean, I, again, I take the politics out of it. You know, it just, it makes no sense. Uh, their pay-per-view. I, I, anyway, I, I, I don't care, you know, okay, glad that we agree on that one. We're not going to review that one. We'll probably review... Whatever the next big pay per view after this one is, which is that elimination chamber, elimination, yeah, which they said that they were, you know, started that, uh, they started, you know, that, you know, the the wheels in motion last night with the females, and they announced the female elimination chamber part. Um, rather interesting take that they're going to have a couple of the females in it that they are like Sarah Logan and various ones. That was rather, I mean, only because you haven't seen them in. Yeah, you know, I'll say this much. What has happened to the Riot Squad since they disbanded, it's pretty shameful. Um, I was a big, big fan of Liv Morgan. Yep. Big fan. Her and Alexa Bliss, I thought, were the two best female wrestlers, uh, you know, Char other than Charlotte and, and um, the boss. I, I'm just saying, like, I was so behind them. Um the gimmick for for uh, Liv Morgan being kind of the uh, Harley Quinn of WWE, like mm -hmm. it was great, and uh, I, I I really 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 was bummed when. I, well, actually, I'd say this: I gave her a fair shot when she came back, uh, looking clean and straight. Right. Uh, but the the way they threw her in with the uh, Lana uh, lesbian storyline, and then they let that. They let that go, and now it's um, Ruby Riot, which was that was a great moment to see her come out. That was awesome, but yeah. um, I don't. I mean, well, Ruby had been hurt for the last like nine months. She had been on the shelf. She had been injured. Yeah. So, and, um, and Liv, Morgan, Liv Morgan is she is butchering the microphone right now, and yeah. it's it's really sad. So I just want to see her have real matches, showing her ability. And um, I just, I you know, and we need more Alexa Bliss, please. I, you know, I, I you, 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 I was big on Alexa. I really was. And now to whoa, me. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
You mean was? I, I don't get me wrong, but for like the last probably six months to a year, in my opinion, she has not progressed. Hey, I'm was yes was, uh, just in my opinion, the last six months to a year, she has kind of just became stale and stagnant in her character, not really progressed any further in her ability in the ring. And that maybe I'm wrong. I agree that she's been limited in how much time she's been getting in the shows. Yeah. Uh, when when her and um, Nikki Cross were tag champs, everything yeah. was great. Yeah. But um, there's just this pattern with her where you know, she had some injuries in the past, which definitely caused her to miss time. But then she was able to still do some of the moments of bliss, which was great. Yeah. Uh, but there's been these weird lulls where she's just gone from WWE programming and, you know, it, it just kills her momentum. I, that that I, I agree with you. I I agree. And, you know, well, I'll tell you what. One thing was, a rumor was about Liv Morgan when you are talking Liv, when they were originally previewing her coming back, the rumor mill had her coming back with Bray Wyatt. And you would not have made you happy. No. That, they were originally talking, making her like a Sister Abigail, like Sister, like whenever he would do the fiend, she'd become Abigail. And then whenever he was Bray, she would be regular live. Happy go lucky, you know, whatever. I, I like the I like the idea there. I did. I really did. I thought that had potential, but they ended up not going that route. So I mean it, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. I mean, but uh overall last night I didn't see any I mean, watching Raw, I didn't really see anything mega huge that came out of Raw. Um I think that we will in the next you know, a, after the pay-per-view Thursday. I think is when we're going to really start seeing things picking up for Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania and going into that. So um, one last thing that I'll touch on, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show with our big story that we've been teasing here. Um, but what do you make about British Bulldog going into the, uh, you know, his name's being tossed about or being in the Hall of Fame this year? Oh, I mean, when we were growing up, the British Bulldogs were one of the biggest tag teams going. Yep. So, um, I say it's, I, th I mean, I don't know of any reason not to put him in. Um, he was gone way too young. I'll say yeah. that. And, um, yeah, go ahead. I mean, if you think about who else, who else would be better to put in before the British Bulldog? I can think of a couple of old timers that probably belong in there, but you know, we won't go down there either. So, well, uh, but no. I mean, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think British Bulldog has earned that spot. He he definitely deserves to be in there, and it's going to be good to see him finally get his you know just do as a singles competitor and, and get noticed for what he he was able to accomplish there as a as you know because not only was he part of the British Bulldogs, he did his singles run, and then he had his tag run with Owen Hart, and yeah, I think had he not gotten injured. You know, a severe back injury, We he may still be around today, but I think that led to him getting the pill addiction, which led him down the path that it took him. And we unfortunately lost him, like you said, at a very, very young age. So, okay, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to near the end of the show. Well, Jeff, hang on one oh, second. Go ahead. So, um, 
I, I do want to say this. The only the only thing that I, I'll be totally honest, Raw this week, I fast forwarded through a lot of it. It was not very. I mean, coming off of Takeover, Raw seemed to be really, really low. And so, I, agree. Um, I will say the one the one thing that I did um, pick up on was the Monday Night Messiah, Seth ah. Rollins, and how much his his current shtick is very reminiscent of a certain straight-edge superstar by the name of CM Punk and the Straight-Edge Society. He looks like CM Punk. He's talking like CM Punk. Like, Vince McMahon doesn't need CM Punk to come back because he's got Seth Rollins. I, I you know, you're, you're saying that, it makes me wonder what was originally teased when they brought Punk back with uh, Fox. And that was Seth Rollins and Punk getting in there at Mania as a possibility. Could they be leading? You 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 know what, Mike? You may be onto something I hadn't even thought of as far as where they're going. And I I, I, <laughs> I very interesting take on that. It really is. Um, I'm not. Right. I'm not even going down that road. I'm just saying. No, the you, you feeling got that I got watching it mm -hmm. was very much like. CM Punk and the Straight Edge Society, Luke Gallows, and um, what? Who was the Who was the other guy that was in? Uh, it was uh, Luke Gallows and Joey Mercury. Joey Mercury, and then there was the girl that shaved her head, Serena Deeb. Serena, yeah. And and you know that gimmick was working until she decided she was going to blow it and be out drinking at the bar while she was doing the Straight Edge gimmick. You know, if you got the gimmick and it's working, go up to your hotel room and go get you a six pack and enjoy it, or your bottle of wine, don't or <laughs> don't don't blow it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, no, I'm talking about the CM Punk gimmick really quick. There, I can't, I have not found it in probably a good couple of years, but there was a YouTube video at a house show where he comes, he comes out there and he does the whole cross pose in this old lady's face. And she said, I don't care what you say. You are not Jesus Christ. And he said, boom. He hits it and he goes, forgive her father for she knows not what she says. <laughs> Brilliant line. Dude, I mean, like, Punk was one of a kind. He could think on his feet. Things like that made him special. Oh, yeah. That is what made him special. He, you know, and he was willing to take the heat. He loved the. He would turn up the heat, you know. And, and whereas I think a lot of guys these days don't want to take it. They don't know how. They don't. Case in point, really quick. Video surfaced a few, you know, a couple months ago. Sami Zayn working his heel gimmick, you know, with uh, being the heel manager. Yeah. And he's out there with Nakamura, or whatever. And there was a fan. I mean, a fan's just giving him the business, and he's going, "You're gay," and he started calling, you know, using. Gay epithets, if you want to call it that, okay? Not saying that the language is okay to use. However, Sami Zayn turns around and proceeds, instead of going with the heat and laying back into the guy, look, man, we don't need to use that kind of disparaging language these days. Really? You're at a wrestling show. Let them lose their mind a little bit. I'm not saying that the language is okay, but is it your responsibility as a wrestler to correct them or let their parent? 
Yeah, I don't know. I was I was actually kind of proud of him for doing that. That's just me. But I, again, it goes to, to me. It's it's getting heat, and you're yeah. getting if you're getting a reaction to where. And I, I I'm not saying calling people bad names is a good thing. You know what I mean? I'm not going you back call to names all the time. But you know, back in the day, they used to use language like that all the time. And you would have arenas erupting into, you know, things. And nobody blinked an eye. Yeah. And I know that we're in 2020. Yeah. But when you're a heel and you're supposed to get heel heat, you... you yeah. I get what you're saying, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, to, to throw you under the bus or anything at all. No, I'm just no. saying, like, I thought it was a, a really telling sign of the times... That he would break character to say, "Hey, you want to you want to yell things at me? That's one thing, but don't yell that or whatever um, is not acceptable." Well, and I, I get that point too, but I, I I think that's part of what wrestling fans are missing is, you know, wrestlers do break that character. You know, whether it's even on Twitter, you know what I mean. You engage them on Twitter, and all of a sudden they come back at you. You get him to break character a little bit, and he's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I think that fans want wrestlers to not break character. They want them to stay in character. But then whenever they do stay, stay in character, then they get heat, too. I mean, like, case in point, I'll give you – and then we'll, we'll wrap it up again. But uh, what, what's her name? Um, Lacey Evans, when she was a heel, and she was up in, uh, up in Canada – and started mouthing off to the, the Mountie, and she filmed it. Everybody came at her, and they are like, oh, how dare you be mouthing off to, you know, but she was like, I'm in character. I'm playing my character, and you guys are going to get mad at me for being a heel. Like, yeah. you can't have it both ways, people. You yeah. either want them to be a heel or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, when, and then whenever they are a traditional heel, then the fans pop for them. Oh, Case in point, Randy Orton smashing the crap out of out of Matt Hardy. He should have been booed out of the building unmercifully. He comes back for a second attack, and the crowd's like, "Yeah, yeah." You know why they were why they were cheering? It's because they watched last week's roundtable when I said Matt Hardy needs to retire. Oh, and this Randy Orton. Randy Orton is the retirement committee for Matt Hardy. There you go. Matt Hardy retirement tour hashtag. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, you know, other than that, like, I really just, I think the, uh, I think Seth Rollins needs to be careful with yes. how they, how they do this because it is becoming every week. Okay. Seth Rollins comes out with the AOP. Kevin Owens comes out or the Viking rate. One of the two sides yeah. of that comes out first. Then everybody else comes and it's just, like, to me, there's a lot more interesting matches that could take up some of that time. Absolutely. But um, I do, I do want to see what Seth – I think Seth will probably try and put a good spin on this. And, um, you know, I wonder, I wonder when the AOP are going to turn on Seth Rollins. Interesting. You know, it might be six months, a year. But, you know, how oh, many – going to happen. It's got to. Yeah. Because the AOP now, came in as heels, and nobody liked them. Right. 
to WWE, not I mean to uh, to Raw and SmackDown. Not no, 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 you're right, you're right. So um, they went away. Who was their manager when they first? Paul came? Ellering. Yeah, Paul Ellering. And um, so they came in. There were, people were like, "Well, who are they going to?" There's nobody really for them to wrestle. And so right. they got lost. And then they came back. Now they've got that guy who's leading them masterfully. Yep. I can't wait to see what the – I mean, I hope they don't turn into, like, a comical – like, you know how the Usos sometimes get very PG? Yes. Uh, I hope it doesn't go that route. I hope that whatever it is, they can still keep their edge and be uh, be faces. What I, what, well, actually, what I could conceivably see them maybe even going, again, six months, a year from now, whatever, AOP may stay a heel. And Buddy Murphy be that breakout from that group and be the breakout babyface. Yeah, it could be. Um, but anyway, all right. Okay. Well, I've been trying to delay as, as if our viewers couldn't tell. I've been trying to prolong I, I mean, any other talk. <laughs> this, here it comes. <laughs> this story is... The, the, okay. Here it is. The... the, 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 the this is the, the time that that Mike and Jeff, to a point, yeah, I, I'm including this. We got catfished by a a, uh, a young lady. Um, this was back in the 1990s, pre-internet, pre-phones, pre-camera phone, pre-every, you know, all that. Uh, <laughs> hashtag tag team catfish. I love it, Mike. I love it. Um, but they, uh, you know, you know, pre all that, there was a, a little thing called info line where you would call up and you, you would, you, you would hear sports reports or, you know, various other things. And there was something called team talk and you would call up and it was actually a pretty cool little gimmick that he had. They had, they had co-host that would introduce the messages that were coming up. Was that a you know, you would have some kids that would call in and just say, you know what, I'm getting bullied in school. Anybody got any advice? And people would give them advice. Or my girlfriend just broke up with me. Anybody got, you know, whatever. And honestly, it was kind of a pretty good tool for teenagers community-wise. They would have these little community events from time to time where they would have, you know, meetings and meet and greet, you know, us to meet each other. Anyway. There was a young lady who we had met uh, through that. Her name was, uh, well, we won't disclose her name, Miss A. And, um, <laughs> and, and Miss A, we had met, me and Mike had met Miss A. We had seen her. She was cool. We were talking to her on the phone. Now, Miss A had a friend, Miss S. And uh, Miss S was over at Miss A's house, and Mike was over at mine. Or whatever. Yeah, anyway, we get to talking to Miss S and Miss A. And Miss S, I, I think, had the thing more for Mikey than she did me. But, you know, I was here, here nor there. Um, and, and, you know, who can blame them, honestly? But, uh, you know. I had really it, long hair. I had long hair at that time. Oh, long hair, played bass guitar, was in a band. You know, he had it all going on back in the, you know, junior high, high school days. So, you know, and, and, and so we're. We were talking to them for a few months now. Again, no driver's license. So there wasn't the option of, hey, we're going to come on over to your house and go, come meet you. 
it was up to mom to take us somewhere to go meet said girls. <laughs> and we <laughs> we we get to talking and and we we you know again no no way of knowing what somebody looks like other than them telling you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh well go ahead, Mike. What did Miss S <laughs> I what mean, look. S tells that she looked like. Um, I'll just say this: we were all teenagers, very young, like fourteen or so. Yep. Awkward times for Maybe. a teenager. Yep. Okay, yep. so um, this is not meant to shame anybody. No, or no, that's why I'm not even using real name. I'm using letters. Absolutely. All I'm saying is, this was our real experience, and yes. sharing it with you. So. Um, so in one of the many conversations that we had with, with Miss S, um, <coughs> she told me, I remember this crystal clear, I do too. like Cindy Crawford, yeah. a, for those that don't know, former supermodel, she had a mole, that was her yeah. big thing was the mole. And uh, in the 90s, you couldn't turn on TV or, or look in a magazine without seeing Cindy Crawford. If I'm not mistaken, she was a Jordash girl at one point in time. Uh, like that, yeah. Me mega, mega, mega supermodel. Supermodel, one of the original supermodels out there. Absolutely. And, um, you know, very, to this day, she still looks good for her age. I mean, she's oh, in her, yeah. I mean, darn near late 50s. And I, I mean, which I would is not kind of turn, scary for us. Hey, if she comes and knocks on my door, I'm not going to tell her to go away. Um, yeah, and and you know, there's, I didn't have the poster, but there was, I mean, so many the infamous uh, covering up of the the boobies in a pair of jeans. Yes, I think that poster was on many myself, walls. I, I didn't own it myself, but I, I think our buddy Gordo may have Gordon. Ah! Uh, uh, <laughs> may rest, rest in peace. Gordon. Your memory be eternal there, uh, Gordo. But um, <laughs> anyway, so so Miss S tells me and Mike, I got legs and I look like Cindy Crawford. I got legs like Cindy Crawford. I've she been told. Actually, hey, wait, wait. She actually said she had been told by somebody else. Yes. She, she looked like Cindy Crawford. Now, maybe what should have been the inkling that something was up was when her friend Miss A kind of giggled when she said this. But... <laughs> I mean, you know, me, me and Mike are going, well, good God, this girl says she looks like Cindy Crawford. We got to meet her. Mike, Mike's like, yes, my dream girl, you know. <laughs> so, I was the yes chant before Daniel Bryan was born. There you go. So we proceed to uh, set up a meeting time with, with uh, Miss S and Miss A. You can almost call it a date. Like a double date, almost. Yeah, there you go. It was. It was a double date, and we were gonna go to we 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 set up to meet them at the mall at the local mall, and we were gonna go you know go to the the food court and go catch a movie, and you know you remember date. what like, movie it was, Jeff. I, that I do not. Do you? Oh yes, I do. <laughs> what, <laughs> what movie was it? Sister Act Two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, the Hobbit. <laughs> I I don't I think I don't know what it was that I, maybe that was like 
the only movie that was playing at that time or something. Like, I don't remember what it was, but for some you reason, know what? I, 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 if I'm, if I'm, I'm not making this up. If I remember correctly, Miss A may have had. Um, she was younger than us, like by a couple years, and yeah. I think that her her mom may have put a kibosh on her seeing anything. Oh, anything not you know not PG thirteen and under or whatever, and. Okay. Hey, us being the good boys that we were, we were going to honor her mom and not take her to an R-rated fl flick. So, yeah, we set it up and we go. We were like, okay, we're going to meet you at the mall. We'll meet you at such and such a time by the uh, yes sir hashtag honor mom. Both uh, Mike's mom, my mom, both of our moms. Without them, <laughs> good God. Um, but. We set it up. We do. We tell our mom, "Hey, mom, take us over here." Okay, so our mom said, "Take us to the mall." We set up with these girls. We're gonna meet you at this bench at this time by the carousels. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 keep in mind, at the mall that we were going to, the carousel was like, if I'm not mistaken, a double double uh, big one, like it had two stories. Something like that. Yeah. It was big. It was huge, and it was indoors, yeah. and. It was something a lot of people like to go ride, you know, whatever. Um, so we walk in and we're like, yeah, right. And we look and we see Miss A, who we recognize. <laughs> yeah. And we see Bigfoot's daughter with her. I mean, oh, oh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. I mean, look, I, I thought you were going to, I would have said, let's rewind this and I'm going to tell the story just for that one bit. We walk into the mall. We're supposed to meet by the carousel. We see Miss A, but we don't see Cindy Crawford. No, there you go. Okay, that's better. Yeah. So we had been we had been bamboozled a little bit. Okay. Not and, just a little uh, bit. Well, I'm trying to be nice, Jeff. You know, <laughs> look into that. So we um, we uh, we met the two we met the two ladies. Um, we watched the movie together, and I don't know, man, but it was the. Unfortunately, the Miss Miss S was very embarrassed. Yes, she, she was. She realized that she had kind of misled us, and you know, I wouldn't have cared if she didn't look like Cindy Crawford. No, no. Truth be told, neither one of us would have really cared what she looked like had she just been honest. Yeah, absolutely. Honesty would have gotten her a lot further, and you even told her that. And I remember the convo, you because she was still into you, and and she was wanting to know if, if the feelings were mutual, and she figured they weren't. And you were like, "I honestly probably would be into you had you not lied." Yeah, I mean, like you were like, "You're a really cool girl. You're really nice, nice." You know, I would probably really be into getting, but you lied. You know, like yeah, the, right off the bat. You know, and and go ahead. You know, it is what it is. It, you know, that's it, it's a memory that me and Mike still remember to this day. And you know what? I I hope, and and I'm sure. I I would bet if I were to go back and see Miss S today, I'm sure she probably does look like Cindy Crawford now. I I, I hope very well. Mike. I hope and pray she does. I hope that she has got, had a good life and living yeah. it up and uh, all that, but. Keep in mind, like I said, before camera phones, before all that, this was the life of a teenager back in the 90s. And 
man, it was well. It, and you know, Jeff, like kids of today, like even saying that doesn't really tell the story of how hard it was to meet people because no, you're right. In the 90s, at one point, we did get AOL Instant Messenger, which allowed us to communicate with people all over the world. Yep. But um, really, up, up until you either learned to drive or you had people, friends or family that would drive you or until uh, the internet came around right. to a point where you could send photos and do things – your circle of friends was much smaller. It was usually people you went to school with very or in the neighborhood. So, very tight-knit, very close. Yeah, I mean, it, but it was just like people today, like um, I coach junior golf. Yeah. And so kids in one school will have friends in all the other schools. You didn't have that nearly as much because you didn't have any interaction with, with other people on that level. You're, no, you're right, and and you know you you interacted with the kids you went to school with, and very rarely did you have that opportunity to meet somebody from another school, unless you were out at the mall, which is where you normally went to go meet, you know, somebody of the opposite sex or whatever. You went up there to go hang out at the mall, and well, uh, if you were just, I mean, like heck, the video arcade, you you could meet all kinds of cool people. Oh, no doubt. Or the music stores, or the whatever Spencer's gifts. Oh my God, um, you know all that. I, I, I mean, it was it would be nothing for our moms to drop us off at the mall and give us, you know, be like, okay, I'll be back in three hours, guys, and here's ten bucks to go get you a pizza and and, and tokens at the, you know, video game, you know, whatever, and walk around, walk around, meeting people, talking to people. I mean that. I think it honestly is kind of missed by a lot, a lot of the generation of the day. I mean, yeah, they got instant access and instant gratification, but the same token, you're not going out and you're not getting to meet them and, and that kind of stuff like we did. So well, I'll, say, thing, I'll say but, this. Um, the mall has been replaced by the internet. Like all of your social interactions, you're, you're uh, for many teenagers and whatnot, like your week was centered around planning what you were going to do at the mall, whether it was go to the movies or go shopping or eat or whatever it was, hang out with your friends in the food court and just, you know, have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, all I'll say is it's just a very different time. It and is. Um, it's really interesting that we've lived through such a big change in society. And You're right. Culture. I mean, I I, you know, I, I think about even what our moms have witnessed and watched and how it's all progressed to where it is now and how everything, has, you know, as it, as it continues to go on. You know, j just like even in wrestling, everything keeps on evolving and changing and moving on and everything else. So all of that being said, I would like one last thing to say, and that is this show today is dedicated to the memory of Ivan Koloff. Um <laughs> Very good friend of mine. He passed away three years ago on February the 18th. Um, great man. I can't say enough. I did uh, give a little uh, memory of mine on, on Facebook today. And, um, but, you know, he, he was a great man and he is missed by his fans, his family, friends, all of us. So, once again, dedicated to Ivan Koloff. 
Um, Mike, is there anything that you would like to plug, social media, anything that you would like to get out there? Um, I would just like to remind people that they can see me on a TV show called Legacy List with Matt Paxton. It airs on PBS. Just check your local listings. Um, you can you can uh, find me on Instagram at MK333. That's uh, here, I'll write it down for you, but it's um, MK333. And that's, so that's my Instagram handle. Um, feel free to reach out if you have yes. any questions or, or want to talk about music or other things. And uh, I really do appreciate everybody for tuning in. By the way, um, I do want to remind everybody, please help us come up with some bets for yes. future, future um, pick'ems. Yes. And make them fun and silly nothing outrageous nothing like jeff's gotta eat 10 cockroaches on the air if he loses <laughs> um you know because a i'm not doing it and b <laughs> not gonna anyway so <laughs> once again i am jeff the ref you can find me over on twitter at jeff rob 41977 uh i'm also on instagram um there i'm also over on facebook we are part of Wrestling with the Future. We are the Rest Round Table. And my name is Jeff the Ref. This is my co-host, the one, the only mad Mike Kelleher. Is By the way, yeah. came up with my name. I didn't, I didn't have... Uh, Angelo. Angelo named you. If you want to rename yourself, go ahead. All right. Well, I might, I might be Mr. Uh, Round Table number four or... Uh, Something else, but I'm really not. I'm really not mad about. No, no, no. Meaning mad, like not mad, like uh, mad as in a good way, like crazy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, no, no, I get it. I get it. But I, so I, I, I didn't know you guys had had a discussion about this. And no, uh, we, it was just something that we he had come up with because we all kind of have our own little yeah. nickname. <laughs> but you know what? By all means, come up with your own, and we will start calling you that. That was just what I we will okay. go with right now. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, once again, I am Jeff the Ref. This is Mike Kelleher. You have been listening to the Rest Roundtable. Let me say goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining. All right, and we are out of here. All right, Sweet. Mike.